Hey, Diane, I don't have a sponsor today. I'm sorry. Okay. I should have came up with one. You know, what well, do you have? Uh, well, I have a gift for you. I'm I just excited, came Matt, back gonna... from California, uh-huh. and I brought Doug a gift. I asked him to open it up when we started just because I wanted his excitement I'm hoping this is what I think it is. On the podcast. Because I think he already knows. Well, so, I, I have certain predilections. I, un- I understand that. I'm very nasal today, too. That's okay. Me, too. I'm very excited. So I this always is am, though. It, yes. A little yeah. ASMR. <laughs> You asked for it, of oh. course it is. <laughs> oh, it's a snow globe <laughs> of the California Republic uh, bear. Yes. There you go. I like snow globes. I have been trying to get him a snow globe for a very long time. We were Thank in a, so a store in California, and I'm like, snow globe, Doug Drescher. Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. Hey, we have a special guest tonight. We do. I'm very we, excited. I am too. We're finally getting to our podcast. Sorry that that took so long, but yeah, um, it happens. We have Matt Cullen here from the Jersey Shore Musicians Podcast, and I thought, how cool would it be for us two podcasters to talk with a fellow podcaster? And you know what? It's because us. Uh, it would be us podcasters or we podcasters. We. We podcasters. At least us. Us we. <laughs> You're too grammatically correct, right? <laughs> us we podcasters. We're not in competition. No. As a matter a of fact, rising tide floats all boats. I like that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. As yeah. a matter of fact, what I loved about Matt is I, I love what you say. Like, what is the purpose of your podcast? And I'm asking you this knowing that your answer is very similar to ours. So I like that we're in the well, same. Yeah, so Matt, tell us about your podcast. Yes. <laughs> it started with me and my, uh, my co host, Jeff. Mm-hmm. We've been playing, jamming with each other for probably 15 years now. And uh, we started talking, like, you know, a little bit about it right before COVID. And then. COVID hit, of course, and everything stopped. And we were like, now what do we do? We're bored, <laughs> you know? And it was, so we brought, we started bringing people in one at a time, you know, like single people and then keeping the distance and being able to do that throughout all of that. And it kind of turned into, we just, we feel that there's not a lot of opportunities for musicians, mm-hmm. you know, at being musicians, I've been playing 20 years. He's been playing over 25 years, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities. And if we could create even the littlest opportunity for someone, that's what we want to do. You know, so it started out with just we'll bring them into the studio and we do we do like a real like you know live track acoustic performance. You know, we give them the track so it sounds like it sounds good. It's all mixed and everything, and we shoot video along with it, and that expanded to you know more and more. So we do like five six people, and then we ended up doing uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the band Full on Empty. Sure. And uh, they came in. They were great episode. Great guys. I'm good friends with Dan Caputo and. We did a music video for them, and we actually did a full, like, tracked-out acoustic version of one of their songs and then made a music video for it. Nice. And they recorded that in your studio? Yep, in our studio, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Now, how did you and your um, cohort meet? And we're sorry that he's not here. Yeah. We'll have to have him back another he's time. He's missing but... out. We have new, uh, we have new uh, lifesavers for everybody. <laughs> yeah, do. well, it turns out with... Uh, I was in a cover band back in the day, and so was he. I think it was, like, 2007. And... Uh, we just so happened to play a same, a same uh, I think it was uh, Cinco de Mayo. We, you know, my band opened the show, opened the night, his band closed the night, and we just started talking. And he's like, oh, "I got a studio. You guys should come over and hang out." And 
He's been stuck with me ever since. <laughs> it ended up, you know, there was two summers where, you know, his band and my band, we'd play every other Thursday night and go back and forth to sure. Jack and Bill's on the boardwalk and seaside. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's not there anymore. But <laughs> And then from yeah, there, we sure. just started, like, you know, doing little projects here, little projects there. We've been, like I said, just jamming with each other for, on the now, side what, for years. I, I think you should be a drummer. What instrument do you play? Uh, I've, I've been a singer, but I'm, you know, most, mostly a bass player. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So. And your friend Jeff plays what? Guitar. Okay. Yeah. So did you realize early on that you both had that chemistry for a podcast? Like, how did, you, how did your first episode go, and how did you feel each other out, and, you know, who led, who... It was kind of funny, because a lot of people would always say that me and Jeff kind of bicker back and forth like we're married, and it's, just, it's always been that way. Like, we just constantly throw daggers at each other and just take it and throw it right back, you know? We've just always had that camaraderie, and... We were sitting there one day, and we're like, you know what, we, we could do this. It's, mm-hmm. and it started with just, you know, things from his studio and things I had lying around my house, and we kind of just made a little makeshift setup that got us through, and then as we went along, we, you know, upgrade here, upgrade there. And mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you got an eight-channel mixer in front of you and 16 mics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we tried that, but Diane could be so hurtful, and <laughs> her, she's got such a sharp tongue, and I, leave, I get hurt <laughs> feelings. Telling. And you, gotta, you gotta have thick skin around nah, this business. I, I, I don't want to be, I, you know, if, if, I, if I wanted that, I'd, you know, reach out to other people I'm actually related to to, to feel that better sure. about myself. Sure. Hey, listen, I'm just filling in. <laughs> Thanks. So when you first started, uh, like when we, and we have a very similar thing, you know, we started taking pictures together when I'd heard about Asbury Park Vibes. And then like five minutes after we were like, hey, this is going to be great. We had COVID. And we were talking, and we're like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> what do we do now? And I said, let's start a podcast. What could go wrong? And she, she's like, no, no, no. And now she's more into it than, than I am. <laughs> she loves doing this. I love and, doing it. Well, I love, I love the camaraderie with Doug, and just like you yeah. and Jeff. You know, it's just it's fun. We bounce off of each other. Uh, and we have the same goal as you do. Let's, let's see if we could rise some of these musicians up mm-hmm. and, and help them and, you know, like, just tell the, help tell their story. It's like, I know you guys are more up here in Monmouth County, but we're both from Ocean County, and mm-hmm. that's like our home base. Name one music venue in Ocean County. Good point. Where's the Chubby Pickle? In the Highlands. That's in Highlands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you county You can't, because there's not one. No, I don't know anything. Okay, so it's right. like part of our goal has become like, we, I don't know if you've seen it, on, um, we post it all over the place, but uh, we did two shows over the summer at Manifurk and Brewery down in Manahawken. And uh, they were you, cool. and you guys were the sponsors. We we we, we ran the whole show. We wow. went to the brewery. They're actually a sponsor for our podcast, and mm-hmm. they just said, "Here, pick a day you want on the afternoon you want, and you can do whatever you want to do." Mm-hmm. And who did you get to play? Um, our first one, we had uh, the band Vessels and um, the Gunsmoke Sinners and Burnt Tavern, and who else? No, we only had the three on the first one, and then the second one. We had a pop punk band called Heal. We, we like doing a lot of mixed bag shows. Sure, like sure. Of, you know, because like the first one was Burnt Tavern. They're like a real folky, only instrumental, like no electric instruments, you know. And then the Gunsmoke Sinners were like a uh, spaghetti western rockabilly with two upright basses. And then the third band, Vessels, they're like straight up like hardcore. I've seen them at the Brighton Bar when it existed a mm-hmm. long time ago. I Vessels? must have. I remember the name. Oh, yeah. My, my, my buddy Chuck's in that band. He's Do they have like a really team. frightening logo? Might have at one point, like with an eye. See, but there, there's a got a, there's a couple different vessels. Oh, see, right now that ruined it. So they it didn't use any that. of the vowels. They are V S S L S. Oh, I probably mispronounced it. Then, yeah, so I could understand that. But there's also a band called Vessels with yeah. E S S. Mm-hmm. You know. And then who did you have for your second show? The second show was um, a pop punk band. 
called uh, Heal the Wounded opened up, and then right after that was the Azures, mm-hmm. and um, then after them was a band. They're like a metal band called Canamara, and then we closed the show with Fallen Empty. Okay, nice. we like the Azures. I yes. didn't recognize. We've had them in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 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 cool. It's uh. I consider them a bright spot because I, I lost faith in a lot of the younger generation, and they kind of brought a little bit back because those kids rock. They really Not only do. that, the lead singer has absolutely no bones in her body. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen a human being bend like that without being, elect, you know, without being connected to, like, 220 volts <laughs> running through the hands and feet. She's but a true She puts on woman. a show. I mean, it's fantastic. kids that young, and they just, they, they, you can literally see they put, everything they have into Literally. that band. Yep. Well, I have a little trouble with talented kids who are young because I'm so jealous <laughs> that I say to myself, you know, a bat across the hands, and we're both equally talented after that one. <laughs> You're just so. a late bloomer, that's all. I, I'd like yeah. to not to bloom in my early 60s. I didn't, I didn't expect it was going to take this long. But, uh. now, now, do you think the reason you want to help uh, local musicians so much is from your own experience? Did anyone help you as you were developing and, and try to get you out in front of a, a bigger See, audience? I, I take a lot because, like I said, I've been playing you know, all around here for 15, 20 years. And uh, I didn't get a lot of help back then. It was all just you know, tr- trial and error. You, you try something, it fails. You don't, you don't do it again. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, I thought it would be good to be able to do something for bands. And I try to tell everybody that comes on our podcast, treat it like it's a community. You know, we want to have all these different bands from all these different genres. We've had, you know, Jeff Crespi. So we've had photographers. We've had sound guys. We've had promoters. We've, we try to cover the whole gamut of the music industry around here. And we try to make it like a community. So every time you share your episode that you're on with us, you're sharing it and giving potential exposure of your fans to Right now, I think like the 46 other bands we've had on there. Do you find that after the band leaves, are they good at following up with them promoting it so your podcast gets out? Because I find that some of the bands are very excited to be here, but this is where being young is the problem. They leave here and they sort of forget that they were here. And, and so we don't see a lot of push out from their social media that, hey, we were on this podcast, check it out, we love them. And I find that sometimes a little frustrating that when you're that young, you don't realize that, you know. See, I don't think that's an age thing because I've experienced that. (laughs) No matter what age they are. All different levels and ages. And it kind of irritates me because, like I said, I preach that it's a community. And if you share your episode, eventually that, you know, they see us. Yes. And the more we grow, the more everybody grows. Yeah. Because you're going to get next time you go on YouTube. A video for some other band that we did is going to pop up in their in their recommendations, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've noticed that you get like the one share, maybe two, that when the episode first comes out, and then after that, it's like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you but know, there are there, I, there are a good a good amount of bands that have been pretty good with like sure they've chopped it up and made little clips out of it and used it as their well, own sure, promotional materials. I'm and, sure you follow some you know your analytics, and it's amazing actually to go on and see which podcasts have really like have all of the streams, and you could see I get the excited when I see promotion. the like that. Yeah, you could see the promotion on the be- behalf of the uh, musician really putting, you know. Repeatedly posting, yes. and, you know, over time, not necessarily like, you know, five days after, you know, like it, they just keep posting, keep reminding people that it's there and their streams are unbelievably high. Yeah. So yeah. it really does work. But like, we, um, um, like I've noticed start. a lot of people will come on or even just reach out to me about being on the podcast because mm-hmm. they want to know what I can do for them. 
That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. but it has what to be What are they going to get out of being we're a We're not getting podcast. paid for this. No. And it's no. actually getting to be a very expensive hobby. Oh, <laughs> my wife, my wife yells at me all the time because she's like, you started this podcast and it was supposed to be this, 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 and this. And yeah. she's like, it has cost you so much money and cameras and boards and like yeah. microphones. I'm like... And we're not even talking about the odd guitar periodically that you see and you're like, I can't live without this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was, that was me almost was it, a week and a half ago. Uh, we uh, taped... Um, our last episode with Mike Nicosia at Relic Music in Red Bank, mm-hmm. and he has this 1982 Rickenbacker <gasps> right now. Which one? It's it's a Fire Glow. It's the Thin Line, no banding. Like it's very very rare, and I mean it is immaculate. All right, what's he asking? I don't want to say. Right. <laughs> it's a lot. Put I, it that I, way. I I had um, every two years I have a midlife crisis. Yeah, uh, I've been able to leverage out of this a uh, hand wired. Uh, Fender uh, custom amp, which I love. I know you do. Um, a couple of cameras over the ways. And I, I recently, I couldn't live without the American Vintage 2 Stratocaster. It's, it's, there you go. I get stuck on it. And let me tell you, it's way overpriced. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but boy, is it good. It's like that Rickenbacker. That's yeah. like my holy grail of bass guitars. And I'm sitting there like, hmm, divorce? Rickenbacker, <laughs> divorce, Rickenbacker. Well, you get to this you know. point, and look, I'll admit it, I don't need anything. Oh, right? yeah. I, I, I sort of have most of my health, although I'm deteriorating on a number of different levels. Uh, my kids are good. You know, life is okay. We're okay. We're dealing with it. So I don't need anything. But my God, my list of wants are getting more expensive. It's <laughs> always fun to have toys. That's, For sure. Know, I like toys. And musicians, toys are expensive. <laughs> Yes. As, as our photographers with yeah. our cameras, too, and videographers. Yeah, it, it adds up. But, okay, so with all that said and the, the divorce and the equipment, divorce equipment, why do you do it? Like, what, what do you feel you get out of it when you, when you share, like, when you have the Azures on and, and you're, like, pulling these stories out? How does that? I just love music. Like, mm-hmm. I really do. I love performing music. I just love being involved in music. And I try to take out a little something from everybody I meet along the way, you know, like maybe whether it's something they do like with their work ethic or how they approach song or how they approach writing lyrics or, you know, I try to talk to people and pick up a little something from everybody sure. along mm-hmm. the way. And I just, like I said, I love music and I love helping people. That's really what it is. So of, of the bands that you've had on, not that any of them aren't going to be incredibly famous because everyone we meet is convinced that they are destined Name three bands that you say have the potential of actually getting out of the Central Jersey, you know, dome where they can get away from this bubble and be famous nationally. What are the three bands you think have some potential that to get out there? That I've had on my podcast? Yeah. And then we'll talk about the three bands you think, three unsigned bands you think that... That's a tough question. Yeah. It is a, a tough question, It's yeah. a very hard thing to do, yeah. to, do mm-hmm. to, to break away and get out. But who do you think has it? I mean, look, we know it's got a lot to do with luck. We know it has a lot oh, yeah. to do with whose dad works in the industry, or mother, of course. Yeah, or who's but, got rich parents to yeah. fund the time that you're going to be on the road. I do yeah. not have, well, I don't have parents anymore, but they certainly weren't rich when I knew them. Yeah. So, but, um, I mean, the Azures, they have, they have a chance. They got something, They got there, that they? drive, yeah. you know. Like they, are, they, are, they are about that life. And uh, Rachel Anna Dopkin, she's, she's sure. already on most of the way there. Mm-hmm. She's spreading herself all over. And she's a cool chick, too, yeah. so... We haven't had Rachel. I guess we should. We, we should yeah. reach out There's to her. Yeah, so she's many awesome. She really I like the Azures. Mm-hmm. She's one of those ones where I had to cut the conversation at like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, and then edit out like a half hour.
Yeah, give us one more. Um, there's been a lot of them. Let me go pull up the list real quick. <laughs> How many episodes do you have? I think we're at like 46 episodes awesome. right wow, now. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. And they do video too, so they're... I know. You know, I'm too lazy to... <laughs> video you know, stuff. When we do our acoustic performances, I do like three to four angles. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And mix it back and forth and then add the audio from that he records in the studio yeah. on top of we're, it. We're working on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pro- like said, it's takes, a process. That takes planning and effort. Hey, while he's looking, Diane, yes. who, of the bands we've had in, other than the insurers, who do you think could be the the group that makes it out? You're really seriously asking me this? Like, yeah. like you don't know who I'm going to say? Well, other than, <laughs> other than the break plans, because... You, you have, uh, you, you, I mean, and I and I think they can make it because they're very catchy. The but break who, plans who for sure. Um, <clears throat> I am very enamored right now, also with Free the Witness. Okay, they're, com- um, they're coming on our podcast in a couple. They weeks. are amazing. Um, I love Wake Up Paradise. I, I think See, I don't they know have. Them. Oh my goodness! Uh, I did that podcast without you. Oh, that's why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but I had the whole band in here. They did an acoustic too, and um, I just think that they're. Uh, What's they're, that? What's they that have band? A lot going on. A pile of dogs, great big pile of dogs. What's the <laughs> um, dogs in a pile? Dogs in a pile. pile. <laughs> yeah. They have like a whole like machine behind them oh, promoting yeah. them. Uh, so who's your third band? My third band is. This is going to be a weird. Look, it's, it's, it's not, not someone to that diss I, I all the other bands. Yeah, I don't saying. think they're going to make it, but I. <laughs> You because, like, right now they're having drummer issues, and they don't have a drummer. They but should like, get Rachel to play. There's a band, have you ever heard of the band uh, Planet Peacock? I have not. No? They are That's a great fantastic. Name. That is a fantastic band. band. Like, super catchy tunes, and, like, if they could get the proper push behind them, yeah. like, they are so radio-friendly. Like, I, well, not really, but... Like the, 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 the melody, the, left, the melodies. Be, be and the found hooks. on the left of the dial is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, some of their song names are a little. Uh, we'll call them edgy, mm-hmm. you know. But could it like, be any worse than the Butthole Surfers? Uh, <laughs> the, my favorite song is called Camel Mistletoe. Nice, so, <laughs> nice. But it's it's a Gets amazing song. Amazing. I. You know what? If if that came up now that Spotify has that thing where it suggests songs for you, if that came up that I'd be like hmm that, no someone's on the edge there let's see what they they, they better be good if you're going to be that obnoxious with the name of your song but you the funny deliver. thing is like you see that name and the song does not like in, even encompass what you would think that that would That's be so sure. are, are they local Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they're local. I think they're Monmouth County. Okay. Right, we should find them. That'd be fun. That yeah. I, I'm still I can get you in touch bands, with them. You know, it seems like everybody's in a band. I'm sorry. It, no, it's just that you think that you're, you know, you know most of the bands, and you're yeah. I'm constantly being given names of bands. So they don't play a lot of shows because they haven't had a drummer in a while. But they've been around. They've got two albums out. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been great. around for a good bit. And then, of there's two categories of for this question. There's famous bands, and let's not. We'll set that aside for a moment. What unsigned or indie band would you love to have on your podcast that you haven't had on yet? Hmm, unsigned? Or just like a, you know... A, a, a lesser known? A lesser known band that you're like, wow, if they were in the neighborhood, I'd love to have them on the podcast. I'm actually just become, like, not recently, but like in the past year or two, a huge fan of a band called Gozu. They're out of Boston. They're like a stoner, doom rock kind of deal. And mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. How do you discover most of your music? Newer music. Just randomly come across stuff, you mm-hmm. know. Like sometimes I'll pick this. I I'm always into like the more of the unsigned bands or the you know. So I'll go and start like a station on like uh, Apple Music with that band, mm-hmm. and then it kind of from there they're not going to link it. to big bands. They're going to link to more smaller bands, and then 
something eventually catches Doesn't it the ear. freak you out how Spotify and Apple Music can pick music that you actually you're like, wow, I do like that recommendation. <laughs> yeah, like two or three out of ten. They get, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of bothers me. Yeah, it does, <laughs> but that's the algorithm for you. That's AI. I just think I'm very predictable. Yeah, that could be. It could be. It could be. But I, I, I call myself, like, it's almost like, a, like I'm an old man. Like, cause nobody listens to albums anymore. We all know this. No, like, no. The, the concept of of sitting down yeah, with yeah. your headphones and looking at the it, the you know the the uh, the sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like even today, putting out an album isn't really a thing anymore. No. you put out a bunch exactly. of singles and then put them out as a collection. You know, oh, but uh, I'm the kind of guy that like if I hit find a band and like I like that one song. I will download every album they have, and I will listen to every album multiple times. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in many ways the music industry has has regressed to the way music was in the seventies, where place, it was yeah. just like you know WABC. You know, it was single after single after single, and then there was albums. and And, and I got to tell you, I do miss the idea of being sixteen. And, you know, picking up an album and putting on my headphones and listening through the whole thing. For example, I think that Abbey Road is one of the best records ever produced. It's not that good if you only listen to one or two songs. You really have to experience that as an event for yourself. And then when it ends, you sort of feel purified. And I think because everyone records... You get these bands, they, they get three songs together, they push it out to Spotify and whatever, and, and you hear them. But I think we're missing that bigger arc of what a band has to say. Well, I, I think that has a lot to do with um, the attention spans have, yeah. are gone. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I call it the Netflix effect of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And well, I was reading an article the other day. I think they said, on average, you have six to eight seconds to hook someone on your song. Or sure. They're, or they're on to the next. Yep. Six to eight seconds. Well, the button's right on the steering like, wheel. <laughs> the music I listen to, if you if you put on the first track on the album, the first minute or two is just like drones and swelling and sound effects and like. It's, well, see now that that would be a good thesis if you're bored enough to get a thesis in music. If Pink Floyd released "Dark Side of the Moon" today, it would not be successful. Would anyone put in the time to listen to that whole album? I I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't because yeah. to me, I listen to a whole album in order because a music a music on, on a record is it's supposed to take you on a journey. Yeah, you know it's it's not supposed to be this one little clip. It's right. supposed to be this clip leads you to this part and, and, it's and there's the a ups reason. and downs and the rises and the falls exactly. And, and there's a reason why the artists choose the order of the exactly. songs. The sequencing yeah. is used to be very important, mm-hmm. but I don't think. Though we did have that fella in the other day who's, I, I'm terrible. My Woodstock years have made it that I have no long-term memory. No, I'm not going to uh, remember telling you. Uh, there was a guy in here, and he was talking about that they have their songs, they're putting the album together, and they're taking their time. He's like, I want the sequence to be just right. Whether or not people you know, enter into the music that way, that's their problem. He's like, I need this to be in a certain order. Now, as a photographer, when I produce, say, a book of pictures... The order that they go in is very, the sequence is very important to mm-hmm. me. Um, and, and I think that's a lost art. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Because now, like you said, there's a right way to do it with the, you know, the, the, the sequence of the album. But it's in today's climate, it's not appropriate to do it that way. It's not the method of communication. You know, you used to build and your 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 best songs were the meat of the album, like, yep. you know, four, five, six. Yeah. Or three, four, five. Right. Now you have to put your best song Number one, because mm-hmm. that's what you're going to have to hook everyone. Yeah, that's yeah, true. 
By the way, I have to do a little aside. Uh, the, the train has okay. been on yeah, every single one of our podcasts. It's so. a mitzvah when the train goes by. At some point, a motorcycle and an ambulance will also go by. The but the train is, is definitely in every single one of our podcasts. Right. So yeah. That's funny. Because a character. Yeah. So now, you, oh, go ahead, Diane. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I want you to do it. Well, I wanted to ask you about the way you listen to your albums. And, you know, you're, you're actually putting thought into the listening part. You know, you, you really are uh, experiencing the record as a whole. Um, have you ever reviewed music for people? Or do you give I've feedback? i thought about it. Mm-hmm. thought about it. And I thought about, you know, bands send me a song. I'll do a review of it. But in what, my life right now, what if it I, sucks? I don't necessarily have how, time. How do you, how do you yeah. I mean, well, it takes time. You watch my podcast, like, I have no problem being an asshole. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> if it sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks, uh-huh. you know? But uh, I've thought about it. I just don't necessarily have the time to commit to it at the current moment. It's a lengthy process. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, sure. when I listen to a song, the first time through I listen to a song, I'll be listening to the drums and the bass. And then the second time, I'll listen to more like the drums, bass, and the guitar. I don't even really listen to the vocals to like my second, at least my second That's or so third trip through the song. Right, and how many times for all of us have we heard a song and we're like, ugh, that was terrible. And then like a week later, there's like a little hint of it in your head. And you're like, where's that from? Mm-hmm. You go back and you listen to it three or four more times. And all of a sudden, you're like, you're oh, like my it. God, this is the best song I've ever this heard. Isn't that amazing that how that happens? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the way it needs to be. Right. It's all subliminal, I think. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. It's a lost art these Love days. Love my song. Like I said, if you don't, today, you've got six to eight seconds. And if you don't hook them right away, they're next. Because I tell people all the time, too, like right now is probably the hardest time in history to really try to release music as a band well, the, the the field is so crowded well just because you have every single person has access to pretty much every song that's ever been created in the palm of their hands at all times yeah there's never been a time like this before that's right well i think also because of technology forget ai because that may, even as a photographer and and a failed musician it makes me very nervous for 1500 bucks you can get a laptop and with a $90 breakout box, you can produce near studio quality albums. And I think part of the problem is, is that it's so easy to make it now, that music, that it has elevated very uninteresting, unengaging music. And it's very hard for bands to, to get above that well, noise. All, it muddies the water. Yeah, there's, you know, it's so, like there's too much now. Yeah, like the, the real talent can't rise to the top because there's just so much crap to shift through yeah you know it's so true it's it's tough because any you know, like you said any tom dick and harry can go buy a laptop and every anybody with a mac yep. you they put those loops together it sounds great um see i think well i'm not gonna I, never mind <laughs> I, I just i think i think it's great that music is in the hands of anyone it, it sort of socializes it. You it's know? the best thing and worst thing yeah. that ever happened to me. But it also <laughs> elevates stuff that I, that's just not that interesting to well, me. Yeah. Like, then you have like, you know, Instagram and TikTok that just promote stupidity. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It's not always also the best song that eventually makes it. It's something that was put to a really, you know, quirky video or on who, TikTok. Or who pushed that song out on yes. one of their videos. Yeah. And then everybody likes it just because that person because, put it up there. Though I was watching... I'm going to admit it. I'm addicted to TikTok. I, I'll, I'm not embarrassed. I, it helps me fall asleep. I particularly like fail videos and, and watching clips of uh, uh, Congress these days. <laughs> but I, a band, a, a, a TikTok popped up with a band. And in my first, I'm just like, what's this band? 
I'm like, hey, I really like that. It worked. They got me, and I went to their Spotify, and I liked them, and I'm like, hey, I, I like yeah. that band. It worked. But other times, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my one thing is I am, I am 100% anti-Spotify. Like our podcast. Now, why is that? You can find it yeah, anywhere awesome. on any digital platform. Other than the fact that they're not paying musicians. That's very 100% much. the reason. Yeah. They are mm-hmm. the largest proprietor of music, and they pay the artists the least. Does Apple have as big and extensive a catalog as Spotify at this point? They're close, but Apple also pays, I believe, double, they pay a little double bit to better, triple yeah. what Spotify pays. I think right now Spotify is around point zero zero three two cents. Yeah, a it's penny, nothing. A spin. But I do got to tell you, for nine dollars a month. Oh yeah, and I get that. The, the, I have discovered music that I have, and and look, it's because of them. They know who I am. They know the soda I drink. They know when I listen to. it. They know me in and out. And sometimes they recommend something, and I'm like, I would have never found that music. Yes, but there's a much more appropriate way to be able to pay the artists that are creating oh, I, I don't all disagree. this money for it, them. It, it's an unnecessary, necessary evil. Oh, yeah. So. That's the best and worst thing that ever happened <laughs> was the Internet. It all comes down to Charles Dickens, doesn't it? It's the best of times and worst of times. I, yeah, I've said on my podcast fellow. a couple times, like the, the younger generation today, they don't. They're never going to know what it's like going to a midnight release at a CD no. store or a record store and sitting there at like 11.45 at night because then, you know, the new Metallica album comes out the next day. Or, yes. And it, when you first get that CD and you get in your car and throw it in on the way home and you're just like... <laughs> Bringing the album home and holding it just so, making sure it doesn't warp and opening up the cellophane mm-hmm. and smelling the vinyl and looking at the pictures. Yep. It, that is a lost experience. And then years later, they use the internet to be like, hey, everybody has to have one. You album. have to have this. <laughs> yeah, so you're mad at YouTube for pushing that onto your phone? No, I've never been a big YouTube fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a little egregious when they did that. They're like, it everybody It's a little obnoxious. Yeah. I admit that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I guess if anyone can do it. I, look, I, if, if someone said I can go see that show in that giant glowing ball that they're doing, I'd, I'd like the spectacle. I, I'd see that. I've heard it's outrageous to go to a show there is it i mean mainly ticket price prices yeah. it's like 24 dollars for a beer oh, yeah that's wow. not gonna happen yeah i mean it's vegas but still come on well that's rid- i'll just ridiculous. sit really close to my computer monitor so you grew up listening to music mm-hmm. what was the first live music that mm-hmm. you attended on your own dime, not your parents dragging you to the Peter, Paul, and Mary show over on at Montclair. What was the first show you said I'm going to and you attended? The Misfits at the Pony, 1996. Very nice. Yeah. I'm not a big Misfits fan, I'm sorry. Then two weeks later was the Deftones there. <laughs> See, I'd like the Deftones. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite bands. Excellent. Yeah. I've seen them God, close to 30 times. Now, so, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, so you grew up in the area, so you've uh, frequented, the ve- frequented the venues here in Asbury Park. Oh, yeah, I've, I've played Asbury Park for uh-huh. years and years and years. My old band's drumhead, probably still hanging in the wall at the Saint, even though they're not open. But Yeah. Uh-huh. I know, we missed that. I miss the Saint. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was one, of the, one of the last good places. Like yeah. Asbury. Yeah. Now, when the Misfits came by and played Prudential, and you can get the uh, preferred seating if you had the Amex card, did you get a chance to yeah, see I didn't them? have an extra kidney to give up, sorry. No. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Uh, so um, now your band. Yeah. Does your band still play? And uh, do they play shows? Do you guys um, still get together I'm not rehearse? in that band anymore, but uh-huh. like, uh, me, and, me and Jeff, we have a band. It's called Sonic Honey. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the singer is Jesse Shar from Second Skin. And then uh, Skin. Shang, yeah, Shang, Shang Gualis is our drummer. We've... We're more of just like a studio project. We don't really play shows. We've just been putting out like little videos here and there and songs. And 
that's about it at the and moment. And what kind of music is it? How would you characterize it? I know it's hard to put music in one genre. It's more of like a 90s rock alternative, mm-hmm. you know, Guns N' Roses, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains. It, mm-hmm. it, we, what we do in that band a lot, our, every song's got a, a different kind of feel to it. We have one that has parts that are very like Santana-esque, like all Latin-y, and then there's ones that are more metal-y and rock. And, who, does, who does the driving of the songs, of the creation of the songs? Like, is it something that you hear and you kind of... It's corral like, everyone it's, it's like it? a collaborative between me and Jeff is I'll have a riff and mm-hmm. I tend to write bass parts like a lead guitar player and he'll be like alright we're going to use like half of what you just did there <laughs> and then he's like and then we'll fill in the rest over here right so are you going to do a podcast of yourself as your band <laughs> it'd be very meta um <laughs> we be? had one rule since we started and it's even when I was in, in uh, I was in a band called Useless for like 13 years we were like a stoner rock band I sang in that band we we would never promote ourselves on the podcast, you know, we like I use a little cut of one of our songs as like our intro music, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Even when we had our singer on, we only talked about his other bands, his other like band. Skin, and like the solo stuff he does. We don't, we're not using this to promote us. We're mm-hmm. we're trying to help everybody else, you mm-hmm. know. So where do you think you're going with this? You know, we, we've we all hit these little plateaus as we're trying to expand. We're all sort of reaching for an audience to give us some validation. Where do you where do you think you're going? I don't know if we ever called it the right name, the Jersey Shore Musicians Podcast, yes. right? And, uh, where, where do you see this going over the next few years? Is it sustainable? Is it can it get bigger? It's, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like I really don't care. Yeah. Like, like if, if we plateau, if we go up, we go down. I do it because I love music and I have fun doing this. That's that's the best reason. Outside to do of it. that, I don't have any other motives other than I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if we if we have five people listening or five hundred people listen, that but I know that you, doesn't matter. I know you do want to kind of get into more of the concert promotion, maybe not concert promotion officially, but I know you like putting together those shows because of the lack of venues yes, in your area. Yes. So we, we've been trying to do that. We have, uh, we have a potential venue that we might be doing something at in Seaside. I don't want to put that out there mm-hmm. because you know it's not. It's not official. Right. Have you noticed that Salties in is that Belmar? I am super psyched. They've I, been getting I'm some a huge really Life great of Agony shows. Fan. Huge Life of Agony fan. Okay, they just announced that they're playing there in yeah. January mm-hmm. for the 30 year anniversary. I went there for like a, a, a Deadhead thing as a favor to take pictures, and a, and when I walked in, you walk into the front bar and you're like, "This is a disappointment." Yeah. And then there's this like un special looking door. You walk in. And there's this beautiful venue with a great stage and the sound and, and the they light also do is fantastic. A lot of, they have another room and they do a lot of punk shows there. Yeah. And like my buddy Jay, shout out to Stomp Out and Mike Ramirez from Poor Man. They do a whole bunch of stuff up but there. I, I, All DIY kind of stuff. Well, it seems like a lot of the people who were putting on shows at the Brighton. Sorry, Brighton. I love you. I miss yeah. you so much. And and the Saint. There's And, and even the, the Bond Street basement. Yeah, because yeah, Bond Street's not doing shows but anymore, the, right? I, they've or had not, shows, not but it's not the way it used to be. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice that, as, as much as I feel bad, that some things are changing not the way that I would like them to change here in the neighborhood. But something else pops up, and this yeah. DIY scene and that whole crew... It's, uh, it's cyclical. It they used, find it. It used to be that way, like the VFW halls yeah. and things of that nature. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was like... The prominent, like especially for harder music, like hardcore, metal, punk. Mm-hmm. Saw so a lot of hardcore <laughs> shows in the multi-purpose room of churches. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll get a good push pull on this because you're, you know, an Asbury Park podcast, and yeah. I am, for lack of a better term, I'm not very a big proponent of the current Asbury Park scene because I think it's very gatekeepy. 
and there's a lot of clicks and egos involved. And I think a lot of the DIY scene that you're seeing now is a direct revolt against things like well, that. I think they're, they're not leaving gonna, Asbury a little bit. Yeah, they? they don't want to do the, you know, oh, if you want to play here, you got to sell 50 tickets. If you, you know, or, you know, just like the, the stupid shit that shouldn't be there, you know. Or if, if I ask you to sell 50 tickets and you sell 49, I'm never booking you again. Yeah. Because that's that's happened to me in this town, and sure. Oh, and yeah. I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, uh, as much as I have enjoyed shows at the new Asbury Lanes, I really miss the old leaky roof. Don't use the bathroom. Be careful what you touch. Old yeah. Asbury Lanes and and Jen running it. I love the Asbury Lanes, but I also personally know probably a group of anywhere from fifty to hundred people that will never step foot in that place. Based on Since principle. then, yeah, I understand. I, I lasted quite a, quite a long time, but then a band I really wanted to see was playing there. Yeah, and I, I, you know, so I, I, I wrapped myself in a giant human condom and, and sort of snuck in. I didn't want to, you know, be part of it. But. On our podcast, I talk about it all the time. As I refer to it as the dark times of Asbury, <laughs> the '90s and the early 2000s, like when you had to worry about getting hurt when you yeah. left the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then, rock, metal, hardcore, and punk. That's what got Asbury through that time. There was no, you know, jam bands or tribute bands or any of the stuff that's out here now. Mm-hmm. Hard hardcore and like metal is what got Asbury through that, and now it's almost shunned. Like you, name any hard rock band that really plays in Asbury consistently. Well, a lot of bands on a local level. Uh, well, a lot of bands and and many of the churches realize that these hardcore shows there's a liability they just don't want to take on anymore, and I, and I can understand yeah. that. Um, but look, things change, and luckily places like Salty's, I mean, I don't know anything about it other than they've been booking bands and shows that you just wouldn't see in Asbury anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, and I like that, you know, so there's For a while, it was regulated, like, regulated, yeah, regulated to, uh, you know, Bond Street, Bond Street Basement. And yeah. that, so it was predominantly there, and there was a couple of the little collectives that had pop-up shows here yeah, and there. Yeah. But. Actually, and the Saint just really filled such <laughs> a, a huge part of that you oh, know i mean saint it, was my home base I I said, our drum head was on the wall i played there yeah probably i'm gonna say six to eight times a year yeah you know it was see one, gave everyone a chance i, I felt I, one of my bucket lists i have many bucket lists but so this is the second tier of things i would have loved to have been in a band and played the saint mm-hmm. i would have loved to have been in a band and play the brighton bar but even when i was in bands years ago we just never got our act together but I would have loved to have played there. Um, I was in a band that had a real pain gig at CBGB's a, a lifetime and a half ago. And, yeah. and stupidly, I'm very proud of that. I don't know why, because in the scheme of things, it's really minor. But the fact that we made enough money to buy all 12 of our friends cheese fries at the Bendix Diner on Route 3 on the way home. <laughs> you know, and I got to meet Hilly, and, and then I rolled my guitar amp into Joey Ramone once. And, and, you know, I got to say that I stood on that stage and got paid to play. Yeah. And I would have loved to play, and I'm sure at some point you may have gone to Maxwell's in Hoboken from years ago. I don't know, maybe it was Maxwell's was a great place. Uh, There was a place in Hoboken called Live Tonight. Uh, Lately, uh, I find uh, White Eagle Hall in Jersey City has been putting on some really great shows. That's awesome. And to their credit, and I know you're going to laugh at me because I always say this, they have the cleanest bathroom (laughs) of any venue I've ever been to. The exact opposite of CB's? Yes. (laughs) Or or even, there were two places... uh, so I may be a little bit older, but CBGB's was disgusting, and um, the Court Tavern. Court Tavern, you would, Ch- Chubby's back in Red Bank. You, back in the you day. didn't want to use the bathroom in the Court oh, Tavern. No. It was it was it was disgusting. No, definitely not. Yeah, I, and I got to tell you, I really think that the COVID virus 
was cooked up in the in the court. It probably started there. <laughs> and, that, and that's one of the reasons why I started doing the shows down in Manahawk and at Manaferk and is uh, I, I, I run the shows as I handpick the bands. I, you know, I give them an hour to play. I make it's not a lot, but I, they get like 40, 50 bucks each. And but you cover some travel costs. And yeah, it's not a lot, but I, I, you have no responsibility for selling tickets. The only thing the bands have to do is just promote the show on social media and show up and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. That's wonderful. And I get all the bands. They get a couple free beers each. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they get a couple bucks to cover their gas to go home. And it's, it's, right. it's a good time. Right. And not to mention they have amazing beer down there, too. Diane, let's promote a show. I think we should. We should. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Thing is that you and I have such different likes in music. I wouldn't. That. I couldn't even imagine. That's not a bad thing. One, like one curi- well, yeah, you mix it up. You do a mixed bag. You just right. have to make sure you, you you do it the right way. Like when I did my first show, it was a folk band into a rockabilly band into the so, to the hardcore band. So it just it, gradually it ramps up throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. You can't well, throw them all over the place because then you're just driving people out. Our the door. biggest problem though is Diane keeps insisting we can book the Foo Fighters, and I don't. I don't think we have the money. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure off. that's not in the budget. I mean, it would be awesome. I, it's, I, I would help out because I love Dave Grohl. Yeah, you know? but I, I think he should. I think they should be on the podcast just because we're cool. And because his picture is his the biggest one here. on the wall. So and I've really... seen I've seen both his documentaries on, on Netflix. That's, or... that's the guy that can do he can do no wrong. No, and, he's you know, exactly right. He really is yeah. a cool guy. It just he, every album's got multiple number one hits. Absolutely. See, I think Dave Grohl and I could be you friends. Know why, you know why Dave Grohl writes such amazing hits is because he was really mentored a lot by Paul McCartney. Oh really? He he like you well, know, I always say he's the Paul McCartney he of our generation. Absolutely is. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing. He writes the songs exactly the same way as Paul McCartney did with the, the hooks and you know, he has the timing down pat. He he just does it, and you know he yeah he became close with Paul McCartney and and that's nice. and really paid attention to his advice and took it to heart and uh, yeah yeah I was, would hang with him I, I love that you <laughs> I love that you said that he's the Paul McCartney of our time you are absolutely right no, I, I hate to tell you there Diane and I, this is so typical <laughs> of us I always like Lennon a little bit more than McCartney I think he was a little rougher around the edges I like that. That punk attitude that, uh, I mean, it wasn't called that. I don't that think thing. I like any one of them more than the other. They were just so different and so... Yeah, but I like Lennon's solo necessary. career. I mean, Paul McCartney writes... He could put out 12 albums a year and they're all going to sound great. But for the limited output that Lennon had in his shortened life... I've, oh, I've he's been brilliant. A, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. going to work on that. Actually, his, I don't know if you've heard his son's music, but his son, it's like listening to, to John Lennon again. Well, he's, he's got that one son who had that big hit in the 80s when... Uh, not Sean. Who's the Julian. other? Julian had that. Um, and then who plays with uh, the bass player? Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't remember anything. Um, what band did uh, Big Brown Beaver? Big Brown Beaver? Yeah, once we come up with this, you're going to be like, yeah, I know who that is. Why don't I had a Big Brown Beaver? Yes, yes, Primus. yes. All right, so the guy from Primus Let's tours with which guy from uh, Lennon's Sons? That I don't know. Julian is the one that I thought was the the singer. Yeah. Um, He's the one who has a a newer single out now. Well, whoever it is. Okay. They do a great cover of um, In the Court of the Crimson King live. Really? Yeah. I'm just going to cut this out because I sound like an idiot. But but yes, uh, Primus, uh, the guy from Primus tours with one of Lennon's sons. And they do a a very good job. Now, my Beatle friends. Yeah, Les Claypool and the Prog Brigade, they do uh, some cool Pink Floyd, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. They do Metallica very well, too. Have you heard the Roger Waters' new version of um, 
Dark Side. Did he yeah. redo Dark Side of the Moon? No. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna listen to it. No. <laughs> no. Um, did you ever hear the band The Sword? No. There's a band called The Sword. They're like a, a, a doomstone rock band. But uh, the guitar player from The Sword on his own, he did a, a, a whole album called Doom Side of the Moon, <laughs> and he did the entire Dark Side of the Moon album as a Doom record, and it's sounds good. Wow. Fantastic. Is that Fantastic. a recent release or? Has the, Five or has six years ago, okay. something like that. Yeah. Now we asked you about your first concert that you paid for, you know, for yourself. But growing up listening to albums or CDs or whatever you mostly listened to, who had the most influence on you musically, out, out of all of the artists that you uh, listened to? I know it's it's a hard question to ask a musician. So uh, give top us three, three or four. We'll yeah. take a few. We're not. Like Life of Agony was big on me, especially with my vocals when I was singing in Useless. Uh, I draw a lot from the Deftones. Uh, there's Caius. Caius was a great band. You know, and then if you go in the Caius realm, you got you know Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, my favorite bands. Yeah, yeah Diane likes that. Yeah. Um, I never forgave that guy for kicking the photographer in the head. The, but uh, there's uh, I listen to so so much stuff, and ninety percent of it no one's ever even heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I found this one great band. Uh, oh, what, are, what are they called? Uh, Destroy Earth, and they're like a, a prog doom band out of like Poland and they're mm-hmm. all instrumental and they're incredible. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe there's good music outside of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Who would think that? But now here's the million dollar question. Your wife puts up with this crap? Sometimes. 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 Yeah. Does she enjoy the music you like? Uh, yeah, for the most part. She yeah. listens to a lot of stuff that I don't like mainly. Like she likes a lot of country and stuff like that and that's like the one form Ugh. of music I can't get same. into. That's so, same. I cannot get into it. But uh, no, nah, she she puts up with it. She comes and sees me play when I want. You know, That's I don't sweet. play too much anymore these days. But and she doesn't mind the steady parade of uh, underachievers in your basement as you're doing. These <laughs> we actually we actually do a Jeff at Jeff's house. He has okay. a whole like separate like house or like a building in his backyard mm-hmm. that he, he's a, he's an amptech too. So he works on amplifiers and speakers, really? and he also has a, a full studio back there too. So, Wonderful, yeah. perfect, perfect spot. Diane, how come you don't have a full studio? I, can I know. I think there. I have to work on that. Yes. You, you don't have like 40 grand <laughs> to Because he's, he's also a recording engineer, too. Like he records in that studio. And, mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah, I need someone to bake my Ampex half-inch tape from the uh, mid-'80s so I can digitize my old band. That's what. That's my next big project. I don't know if he could fix it. He just fixes amplifiers whenever no, I that's break a great, my stuff. That's I go, Jeff, 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 fix this. Yeah, I have these. I have four or five of these half-inch tape reels of 8-track of my old band. But the tape is deteriorating, and yeah. you can... And I'm not I'm sure you putting you on somewhere. here. Right. You have to bake it. There's, a, there's places that they cook it to reseal the tape. I did not realize And you that. can only play it twice at most. And what you do is you pay... There's companies do this, and they output them to individual stems, and then you can go back and, and remix it. it. Yeah. yeah, but that, that's my next big uh, midlife crisis piece. There you go. <laughs> hey, we've been talking to Matt Cullen, mm-hmm. uh, who is one of the co-hosts of the Jersey Shore Musicians podcast. Now, Matt, before we offer you the job, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> hmm. This could get interesting. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. This was an interview for Matt. What's, uh, what's the one thing you need to continue working on? Like, what's your weakest aspect of your employment history? <laughs> my, my weakest aspect would just be that, like, I, 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 I love it so much. I, I just put up with all sorts of shit that I don't have to, you know? And it's like, I just do it because I love it. And I just, this, uh, the assholes you run into. Like I was saying before, sometimes you get people on that, like, 
they're really into it and they do their best to promote it. And it's, it's, it's helping that community that we're trying to build, especially down in Ocean County, because there's not much of a music community down from where we are. You're going up here to Asbury or you're going to like Atlantic city and between there and there is there's nothing. Right. I did have an Ocean County experience and I don't know how that worked out, but I saw streetlight manifesto played in, I think Ocean County community college has a giant gym with a stage. Or maybe even the, the regional high school. That was really cool. Well, probably Times oh. River North. Yeah. 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 Oh, they I do mean, they have, that, have like yeah. a giant venue yeah, the there. The Taco Center yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's they, called. They don't call really it that cool. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Do, they, do they have bands there anymore? I haven't no, heard No, it's more of like a sports arena. But I think that kind of happened because like the, was it, the one guy from uh, My Chemical Romance, he, was, he went to North. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, so we have to, our connection. There you go. Well, there it is, Diane. I think this is episode I, number... I think we're at 159, but 159? This, was, this was awesome to interview nice another to meet podcast. doppelgangers. Yes. Podcasting doppelgangers. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two, we'll have you guys come back. Have us, oh, we could talk all day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. talk yeah. for a living. So, come you know. see our setup. We'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tune in to the Jersey Shore Musicians podcast. What's the URL so I can... Um, YouTube.com slash JSM podcast. And on Instagram, we're JSM underscore podcast. Facebook is just JSM podcast. We'll we're, put all we're, the links up yeah, for people. We're all well, over the place. We have a Twitter that we don't use, a TikTok that we barely use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, I'm very proud to pronounce. I, didn't, I don't know if Diane mentioned this, but our two podcasts, we're putting together a volleyball team for the spring season. <laughs> very excited. <laughs> or bowling. I can't decide. Bowling? I love bowling. I think I you got a better volleyball. shot at bowling. There's Probably. at least beer involved. You know? <laughs> Sounds good. Matt, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, thanks for having me. Man. Always a pleasure it. to meet people who are struggling in the same existential void as we. Yeah. And uh, we're definitely going to tune in. We'll put all the links in there and, and um, be famous so yeah. we could ride your coattails. We're all, we're all in the same boat. We just got to start paddling in the same direction. You know? No, I think Sounds we should good. continue going in circles. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Very productive. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Matt. <laughs>